but he wants to do things in you. So when you're hearing the word of the Lord today, please take it, please take it for yourself. I want to start by saying, please don't take lightly the fact that you are sitting in the seat that you're sitting in and that you are here today hearing what you're hearing. Please don't take lightly the fact that God is ruling you, that God is in your life, that God has forgiven you, that God has set you free in so many areas. Please don't take lightly that you don't know God, you are here today because God wants to get to know you. Don't take that lightly. Before you know it, we will be out of these bodies. Whether you live to your 70, 80, 100, whether you live to your 16, whether you live to your 35, 72, 61. We had a day when we were born, we've got our date of birth, we've got to all have our date when we go out of these bodies. And I'm not saying that to be good or good. I just want you to wake up and be aware that our time on this earth is short. It's short, it's splitting. It's like when you spray um, in your household and you, you, know, you want to have some air fresher and you spray it. In a moment, it just vaporizes. Our lives go very, very quickly. Don't you remember what it was like when you was in secondary school or when you was in primary school and now you're not. Now you're doing X, Y, and Z. Your life is very, very important to God. And God sees you. Yeah, He really sees you. He sees what you're about. He knows what you're about. And He loves you and He accepts you. Yes. You might not even accept yourself fully because you know what you struggle with. You know the closet, the, the, the demons in the closets. You know all those skeletons in the closets. You know what you grapple with on a daily basis. And some of you are sitting there thinking, yeah, I do. And why would God want to know me? Well, that's why he came. He came for all of those skeletons. He came for all of the rubbish. He came for all of the confusion. To, to take it from your life and to give you hope. I'm going to just pray. If you feel comfortable, just put your hand on your chest just to represent your heart. Because God wants to deal with your heart. He doesn't want to deal with the surface stuff. He wants to deal with the heart, the core of who you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, every person that is sitting here now with their hand on their heart, or will listen later and put their hand on their heart. That is where you're targeting with the heart of the person. What's really going on? What's going on underneath the surface? What's going on, Lord God, and what's challenging them? I present the heart of the people that have got their hands on their heart on to you. I present the people of God to you. I present the people that are not your, your people as yet, but you're ruining them. Look at their hearts, Lord. Look at their lives. Have mercy. I pray you will have mercy on them. You will have compassion on them. That you will not have judgment. That your mercy supersedes the judgment that we deserve. That your grace is sufficient. And that your grace comes and covers the multitude of sins. Your grace comes and covers the multitude of darkness that we grapple with. And your grace comes to just infill us with your love and your life. Let it be so for these people today. Let them know the love of God. Let them know your life. Let them know that these are serious times that we are living in. Serious times that you are calling them out of darkness today. Out of darkness into your marvellous light. May you be glorified. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Can we have our first scripture up, Habakkuk, please? Habakkuk 2 and verse 2 to 3. This year the Lord has been directing us to make sure we preach, teach, encourage, exhort you to live in and from the vision that God has given to this church. 
You might not be a part of this church. You might be listening later. You're not a part of this church. But God gives every person that he calls out of darkness, he gives them a vision. And every church that says that they are living for the Spirit of God by the power of Jesus Christ, you should have, every church should have a God-given vision. Every church should have that, and we have that. And God has called us to, to walk in that and to live in it. And we need to find out more and more how, how it is that we do that. How do we live in and from it? The Word of God is the Logos of God and the Rhema of God. What does that mean? Logos in Greek and Rhema in Greek, the two separate words. And they mean, one means it's the general Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God, but it's Logos and Rhema. Rhema is the revealed Word of God to you. The revealed Word of God to us in this church, the Rhema of God, to us in this church is Isaiah 61. From Isaiah 61 we've got the seven R's and then God gave in addition to that at the fiery faith ring. So we're living in and from a vision and that's what we're doing. So we're going to look at this scripture in Habakkuk and um, just going to expand it a little bit more. It says in Habakkuk 2 verses 2 to 3, and the Lord answered me, this is what he'd answered to the prophet Habakkuk, write the vision. So this is what we're to do. When you've got a vision from God, this is what is to happen. Whether it's your personal, individual vision, whether it's a corporate vision, you're supposed to write the vision. You're supposed to make it plain on tablets. We don't need tablets now. We've got folders. Yeah? We can write it down. Make it plain in the folders. We have a vision folder. If anyone's here and they haven't got a vision folder, we have vision folders to give to you. Make it plain. Why? So that you may run and read it. That would be you and me. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. Everything that God has shown us, told us in the vision, it has an appointed time to be fulfilled. And that appointed time is flourishing and it happens on a daily basis from you and me as we walk living in this vision. So it has an appointed time. It hastens to the end and it will not lie. We must trust the vision what God has given us. It's not lying to us. It's not giving us direction that's not true. You know how many of you have had that experience? You put something in the sat-nav and then you end up in a field somewhere. It's like, what is going on here? It doesn't direct us in the wrong place. The vision that God gives us is clear. And it's clear direction for how to live our life. If it seems slow, this is more instruction, wait for it. Don't be in a hurry. God knows what he's doing. It will surely come and it will, it will not delay. What God has said, he will not delay. So the beginning of the vision that God has given us in Isaiah, we have Isaiah 61 and verses 1 and 2 up please. These are the first two scriptures in the whole chapter of Isaiah. So I just want to build a framework and then I would like to just preach to you. Isaiah 61 and verses 1 to 2. This is the mandate, the manifesto that God has given us. This is true for your life if you are a part of this church, if you are a part of the vision. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, on you it is on me. Why? Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The proclamation of the good news is not just in word, it's not just in decrees, it's in lifestyle. Your life is saying something, your life's proclaiming something. If you are proclaiming something to those around you and it's saying, okay, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'll do what you do, I'll mix with you, you're half in the world, you're half in the church, you're saying something to them. Don't think that people are fooled. People are watching your lives. Yeah, God doesn't want you to be a hypocrite. That's one of the things that a lot of people say, I don't want to go to the church because I'm a hypocrite. 
I mean, because they're hypocrites. And I often say to people like that, they are hypocrites. There's hypocrites. Wherever you get a group of people, you can get hypocrites. So those people that say that, when they go before God one day, that's not going to carry any weight. Yeah, they can't say to God, I didn't serve you because they're hypocrites. That's not going to carry any weight. That's just going to be laughable. But we have a responsibility to live what we preach. We have a responsibility to live as ambassadors of God. Young people, you have a responsibility, if you're Christians, to hold up the name of God. Not to just to be thrown to and fro when you're around your friends, to act like them. To listen to what they say and go along with what they say. You have a responsibility, young and old, that's sitting here, to live for God because of the things that God has done for you. How God has set you free. Amen. So God has anointed us to do this. He sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. You are in captivity. Many times in your life we go in and out of captivity. In our minds, the situations around our lives, the hostility that we constantly face. We are totally, totally at God's disposal. And God wants you to co-labor with him in all that you do. So we um, proclaim freedom to the captives, release from darkness for the prisoner. Prisoners are not just people that are in physical prisons. There's people in prisons in their minds. There's people in prisons in their emotions. There's people trapped. They cannot get out. The vision can unlock some of those prison doors if you want to be at your post, if you want to be obedient. If I get a call in the week saying, this is what's happened in my house, just all hell has broken loose. Do you know what I do? I go back to the vision. I go back to this vision. And from that vision, God will then show me and tell me what to do in that situation. I might get another call that somebody's ill, really ill, near death, and they need prayer. I go back to the vision, and the vision, it speaks, the vision gives directions. I go back to the vision, I go back to the word, I go back to Isaiah 61, and I say, what does he say? One of, one of my leaders phoned up the other day and said, this is what's happening in my household, I just don't know what to do. I directed them and I said, go back to the vision. They went back to the vision and then they got their answer from within the vision. The reason God wants us to live in and from the vision is because it's got a spiritual roadmap there and it's got a practical roadmap within the vision. There isn't something that you're going to be challenged with that God hasn't got the answer to. So we've got the logos of the word, we've got Genesis to Revelation, the word of God, but then you have the rainbow of God that God gives to a specific person, church, yeah, he gives it to you for a reason. And he says, this is what I've given you, living, living it. Like you live in your house, you just come from your house, most of you. That's where we live, we live in a house, we're familiar with what happens in each room. That's our house, we live there. Yeah, we wash there, we put our new clothes on, we iron, we go to sleep, we wake up. That's our house, we live in our home. God wants us to live in the vision, be so familiar with the vision, and then we can live from the vision. When we get up in the morning, we have to leave our house to go to work, to go and do everything that we're called to do on the earth. We're living from our house, but then we leave our house. Because our house has been the tool that's kept you warm all night, that's where you wash, that's where you clothe, that's where it's your place of safety, isn't it? Most of our homes are a place of safety, they should be. And then from where you live, then you go out. If you're in a family and you've got um, family squabbles and you, you, know, you have family meetings and you can sort things out, that's your place of safety. This church is a place of refuge. Here we have a picture of the seven R's. Refuge. Refuge is a place where you can come. Many times in the world, 
people call, uh, it used to be called um, rest centres. Does anyone, anyone remember rest centres? Rest centres were old refuges where people would run and hide um, during domestic violence. They'd go there. They were places of refuge. There's many refuges all around this country, all around the world, isn't there? Well, this church is a refuge. It's a place where you can rejoice. It's a place where revival happens, not just corporately. Revival isn't about this church being a mega church. Revival is about what happens in your heart. Is your heart set ablaze with fire for God? Restoration. My life has been restored since I came through those doors into this church. Your life been restored? Has your family been restored? It's starting to be restored? The teenagers in your household? The youngsters in your household? God has given provision and he's given answer. Rest, a place of glorious rest where you can rest in the Lord. You can share the load with one another. And reaping, a place where you can reap what you sow. Because in this place, you will learn how to sow good things. Amen. You will learn how to reap good things. In our lives growing up, many of us, we sow seeds. And then we think, what has happened to my life? You're just reaping what you sowed. Young people, as you live your life in uni, as you live your life in school, in college, as you live your life in your families, in your friendship groups, honour God. Don't dishonour God. Don't disrespect God. Honour God. Don't be scared to say to others, I don't agree with that. No, that's not my portion. I'm not going to go that way. I don't want to do those things. I'm going to honour God. You honour God and God will honour you. Don't dishonour God. Don't be, a, don't be a person that will just say, mm, no, I'm not going to talk up. Why should I talk up? I don't want to be embarrassed. Mm. Be more mindful about what God thinks about you, not what your friend thinks about you. Mm. Not what social media is saying about you, not how many likes you've got, not what people say about you. The living God who made you, who created you. But he's the one that you're going to have to answer to. He's the one that's giving you life every day. He gives some of us different things to do in our lives. Some of us sitting here now are highly educated. Some of us sitting here now are unemployed. Some sitting here now, we are so despondent in our minds. We are so challenged with mental health challenges. Some here are just soaring with God. We're all at different places. Yeah. But we should honour God whatever situation we find ourselves in. Let's have a look at Luke 22. Luke 22 and verses 39 to 46. And I, I just read these pictures the other day, really slowly. And it's the account of Jesus when um, he's, he's interceded and he's just going before the Lord. He's on the, he's on the Mount of Olives. Who's been to Israel here? Put your hand up. Who's been to Israel? Did you go to the Mount of Olives when you went? Yeah, I've been to the Mount of Olives. So this is, this is Jesus. He's in a real dilemma. And he's got anguish of soul going on. So let's have a look at this. Luke 22, verses 39 to 46. Jesus went out as usual. It was normal for Jesus to go to the Mount of Olives to pray. So he went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray. This is what he's still saying to us. He's still talking through the generations. He's still talking through the decades, echoing to us, pray, pray, pray. Why? So that you won't fall into temptation. Those of you that are getting entangled, entwined with temptation, lust, deceit, lies. Pray that you won't fall into those temptations. Pray that you won't fall into them. Verse 41. He withdrew about a... Is it verse 41? No, sorry. On, on reaching the place, yeah, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Verse 41. He withdrew about a stone's throw from them. So he walked a bit further to be on his own. He knelt down and he prayed. This is what he said. Father, 
If you are willing, if you are willing, this is what the Lord Jesus Christ said to his Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. Verse 23. As he says that in his anguish of soul, an angel from heaven, that's where the angel came from, yeah? An angel came from heaven, it appeared to him and strengthened him. The Father sent an angel to strengthen him. God sends angels to strengthen you all the time. Sometimes you know, you're unaware, all of a sudden you just feel different about a situation, you just get strength. When you just felt so despondent, when you just felt, I can't go on no more. All of a sudden you get strength. And that's the work of angels. Verse 44. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. I stopped there and I thought, wow, the angel came, come to minister to him, and he's still in anguish. I'm like, what's happening there? And you think the angels come? Why is he still in anguish? I, I thought Jesus would be really refreshed. This is an indication, this is showing us, to me, this is what I saw in this. Even in your hard anguish times, even in your difficult times, even in the times when you haven't got the answers, you don't know what's happening, keep praying. The Lord is our example. We're not above our master. We're not above our maker. He carried on praying. He had anguish of soul saying, Father, if, it's, if it could be possible, take this from me. What I'm about to do is about to die for you and you. He was saying if it's possible because he knew, he knew what it was going to cost him. So it says, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the, uh, to the ground. I want to just encourage you and exhort you, pray when you're bleeding. Pray and worship God while you're bleeding. While the challenges just seem so hard that you can't take it no more. Yeah, and you think, why God? Why this? Why is that happening to me? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you? Keep praying, like we've heard recently when Patrick and Mitzi and preached and we've been just living in that since they said it. Ask, keep asking, seek, keep seeking, not keep knocking, because our Father in heaven, he does hear us. So Jesus carried on and he still worshipped God, he still gave God his will, his free will, while he was bleeding, why things weren't working out, why there was still so much mix-up going on in your life, God can still answer. Yeah? Why you haven't got the results that you want, God can still answer. Yes. Where things don't look like they're ever going to turn out right, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Verse 45. When he rose from prayer, he went back to the disciples. Yeah, the disciples that you already told, pray that you don't fall into temptation. So he went back to them, which would be you and me. And he found them what? Asleep. Asleep. He knows us. He knows what we're like. He finds us asleep. Why are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Oh, you're tired. You ain't got enough energy. Oh, he knows what we're like. He, he knows that he made us from clay. He found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Because he'd already told them he's about to go to the cross. Even in sorrow, even when you've lost so much, even when you've got people in your life that are dying around you, and you've got so much sorrow, so much anguish. Some of you have lost businesses. Some of you just don't know where to turn. There's just sorrow in your life. Even when you have got sorrow, the Lord understands. You can be exhausted with sorrow. But God still says, verse 46, why are you sleeping? No matter where you are in your life, don't fall asleep. Wake up to the reality of who you are in this world and what God is doing in your life. Hallelujah. He asked them that. And he said, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. If you do not want to be a person that just keeps getting entangled with sin, entangled with darkness, pray, yeah? Can you hear what I'm saying? Pray. You pray. That's even in the Lord's Prayer that he said to pray. Pray, Lord, deliver me. 
Thou art according to temptation, but deliver me from evil. That's your responsibility. Don't leave the whole responsibility on God. It's not all down to God. I spoke to somebody the other day and I said, how do you feel about God? They, they didn't know God um, and they just was uh, sitting there talking um, and eating. And I said, how do you feel about God? They said, well, no, I don't, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. I was brought up as Catholic. I said, yes, I was right. Brought up as Catholic, my experience of that was you could, you know, you can you can go to church on a Sunday, you do mass, you do all of that, you've got the devil from that Sunday night until the following Sunday. That was my experience. But they said, no, I, you know, I, I, why should I believe in God? Or what happened in my childhood, why should I believe in God? Uh, why did he let all of that, those things happen to me? So I said, was it God that made them things happen or was it people that died you? The shock on their face. It's like they've never considered that it was actually people that made the choices to yeah. do what they've done to them. But God gets the blame, doesn't he? Yeah. God gets the blame where God is wooing us throughout our lives. How many times before you actually gave your heart to God was God wooing you? Was God saying to you, I've got the answer for you, daughter. I've got the answer for you, son. Come, yeah. come into the house of God. So don't think that people around you that you're praying for and that you're seeking God for, that God is working in and through. God is talking to them. I remember before I gave my heart fully to the Lord, I used to listen to what my sister was saying. I used to listen to what was happening. But I wouldn't acknowledge. I, I want what they've got. I want, I want it. Something's different. I want it. But I wouldn't acknowledge that because of pride. But inside of me, I was scrappling. I was just lost. I was lost. And if some of you young people that are here today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Saviour, if you've never said you can come to youth, you can come to church, yeah, because the devil comes to youth and the devil comes to church, but if you have never, ever said, God, you know what? I've made such a mess of my life. Here it is. I open my heart up to you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Take away the weight of sin from my life. Here I am. Here's my life. Can you make something of it? If you've never done that, you need to do that. You need to do that today. And we're going to do something now that you showed me in prayer when I was in prayer. Um, yesterday, yesterday morning. There's people here that need a miracle. Amen. Yeah, a miracle. You need a miracle. If God doesn't move, nothing's going to happen. It's, it's dire straits for you. Yeah. If you are that person, can you just close your eyes? There's people here, sitting here, people at home that need a miracle. If that is you, I want you to write, just stand up to your feet. Don't be embarrassed. If you need a miracle, stand up to your feet. Stand up. You need a miracle. Because God told me the miracles are available today for you. Miracles are available today for you. See? See the people of God that are honest, that are saying, yes, I need a miracle. God is here in this place. So Father, those around you, those that are around them, just go around them, just put your hands on their shoulders, and I'm just going to release the miracle working power of God. Just put your hand on their shoulders. Don't be embarrassed. The miracle might be in your mind you need, it might be in your body. You need a miracle. You need a miracle. Today is your day. Father, in the name of Jesus, look at these people. Look at these people. You told me that miracles were available today. They are available today for your people. May the miracle working power of God be released in the people of God today. May they be released, Lord God. Whatever they need, whatever is going on in their lives, you see what's going on in their life. This is their day. Today is your day. Today's got, that, today God's got the answer for you. 
miracles, 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 miracles are available to you today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your miracle-working power. In Jesus' name, be released into your miracle. Receive it, receive it, receive it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In this vision that God has given us, we have tried to make it plain so that you can run with it, you can read it, you can understand it. We've tried to make it in plain as we could. We've put it in written form. We've recorded it so that you can see the history of this church, what God has done in this church, the way that he founded it. The foundations are solid, that he's the cornerstone, the way things have been built since then. It's all written down and it's also there. You can listen to it on audio. If you're part of this church, you should be... Um, uh, could you put on okay the slide? We want to run with the vision together. We don't want to run ignorantly. And we don't want someone else running and doing all the work for you. You've got responsibility to run with what God has given you. You should all know the vision. You should all know what Isaiah 61 can do in and through you. Because you've been part of it, yeah? You've been part of the healing process of what God has brought you in. He's brought you into this place. And I've said so many times, and I will continually say it, Say it, when God brought you into this place, he brought you into a gold mine. He brought you into a place where you can receive the goodness of God. Yes, Hallelujah. I'm so I'm so grateful for what God has done for me, for my family, since I was part of this church. I don't take that for granted. I'm so thankful. I get thankful. I get on my physical knees to thank God every day for what you've done for me, what you've done for my children, what you've done for my friends that I've brought here, my family that I've brought here. Some of you have faithfully brought people here. You've brought people here. Many people are here because of you. Because you brought so many people here, Tina, yeah? Yes. Tina, you brought so many people here. I brought some people. Go on and on and on. Yeah? Why? Because God wanted you. Yes. We can't pick ourselves up and say, oh, we, we brought these people here. No. God allowed you to be connected to the right person at the right time so that you would be part of this. So that this would be in place. When I came through these doors and I was so messed up emotionally, so broken inside, so heartbroken for the things that had happened to me. And all I thought, I, I served God with all my heart, with all my life, and yet I was just ripped to shreds in pain and anguish. You remember that, Jack, yeah? In pain and anguish, my life was in tatters when I walked through the door. And I thought, where is their host? I haven't got no host. There's no hope left inside of me. And all the time God said, there's hope for you. There's hope for you because I have a future. I've got a plan for you and he's got it for you, son. And he's got it for you, daughter. God has got a future and a hope to turn everything around and to bring the life of God out of you so that it can then flourish and bless others. It's such a privilege, isn't it, to bless others? When someone comes up, when someone comes me up and they're panicking and the situations are so tough and so hard, I get excited. I just I get excited. Wow, wow, why? Because I know someone who's got the answers. I know who I serve. I know. And you should know the same. Never, ever, I'm telling you, never since I've been a pastor has anything ever come to me about your lives, my lives, and there's been some crazy time. Have I ever thought, oh my gosh, we haven't got the answer, what are we going to do? My dad scratches everything. 
oh, this is one I don't know about this one. I'm not sure. That don't happen. I get on my knees and worship God and say, look what they're saying. Look what's happening. Look. And God gives the answer. And God gives the provision. Whatever God calls for, he provides for. Is that not true of your lives? Yes. Have you not come here and God is working in you and not being the place? So that is your portion. Remember that. Live in and from this vision with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Because the answer is there. When I'm saying to the vision, obviously the word of God, nothing supersedes the word of God. This vision came from the word of God and it is the word of God. Yeah? But it's the rhema of God. It's the specifics for this church, what we are doing on the earth. The logos of God is there, as I said, from Genesis to Revelation. Read it. Look in the mirror. I'd say almost 100% that you looked in the mirror today, did you? You looked in the mirror at some stage today, why? You look in the mirror to alter things. Not unless you're really vain, you look and think, perfect. Don't need to change nothing. You know what it's like when people are doing selfies and everything and then they have to change it from the cup. Yeah. Well, this, this book of life, this book of life is the mirror. Yeah. And a lot of you might not look in it because you don't want to really see what it looks like. Please look in it, look in it. So God can show you what you really look like. And then God can just, he can tweak things. God can tweak things here, tweak things there. God can make you look beautiful. God can. It matters what he thinks of you, not what someone else thinks of you. It matters. Stand to your feet, please. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. The glory of God is here. The miracle working power of God is here. He brought you here today for a reason. He brought you here today so that he could touch your life, so that he could again prove to you he's alive. He knows what's happening. The glory of God is here. So we want to worship God. We want to pray to him. The worship team just come back. Yeah, we want to make sure that you don't leave the way you came. Whatever burden you came with, whatever heaviness you came with, even if you come with no burdens, you come just like God wants his fire to just, just, just explode in your heart and in your life and in your life. Give you a reason to live. Some of you have been broken hearted. Some of you have been let down recently. Yeah, someone's jilted you. Someone's made you feel that you've been rejected. So, not so what, as in it does matter. But God can take care of that if you give him that. If you give him rejection. Yeah, if you give him that disappointment that you felt. You had your hopes in something and they were dashed. Yeah, you don't want to dream again. What's the point? What's the point? Nothing ever goes right for me. Don't let that be your testimony. Just say, do you know what the point is? Even when I'm bleeding, I will love you. Even when I'm bleeding, I will serve you. Even when I don't understand, I will not stop worshipping you. And before you know it, your life will change around. The circumstances will change. And the glory of God will be present in your life to change and transform what is going on. And as I said earlier, if you are a young person here, and you've never said, Jesus Christ, come into my heart, come into my life. You need to do that today before we leave. If you've never given your heart to God, it doesn't matter if your mum walked to church or dad walked to church, you've been going to church since you were little. As I said, the devil knows the word of God. The devil goes to almost every church that he can try and get to. Yeah? It's whether you have given Jesus lordship in your life. Is he your saviour? Is he your lord? And if that is you today, if you have never done that, we want to give you that opportunity to do that. And so we're just going to pray over everybody. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every single person here now. Draw them to yourself and wake them up. Wake them up in your anointing. Wake them up in your authority and in your love. God is calling you. He wants you to be part of his family. He wants to clear up your life. He wants to give you hope in a hopeless situation. Come into the Father's house in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.